boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. And welcome to the 43rd episode of the Total B She Show. My name's Mike Davidson, and we got a friend in the studio again this week. It's Mecca Shane, who's been gone since before Christmas. He went to Mexico. We couldn't find him after. Globetrotter. Yes, and producer Chris is in the studio. How are you since you came back from Mexico? Oh, I'm good. I was uh, I was listening to you guys at the pool, you know, yeah. just kind of chilling out. Not at the my... beach. No, I don't I do not do the beach. I don't really like the beach. Is it because Samsley? You uh, used to live at the beach. Well, Come on. I just like the pool because I have a cooler of beer and it's easier to go to and from my condo. and Less locals, yeah, too. it's just simple. You, know? you got a beautiful Pro Wrestling Illustrated shirt on. Oh, thank you very much. I need to get one of those. Well, you can get is one. Is that of... vintage 84, 85, 83? No, I wish I could say it was an old one. I probably wouldn't be... F- fitting into it anymore yeah, yeah this true one's fairly true. new so you had a good christmas this is your first time since christmas good you've been christmas, on the show good holidays been a hell of a start to 2023 i'm looking forward to shooting the she's with you yes guys. yes and producer chris you're doing well i'm doing as well as could be inspe- expected inspected inspected expected yeah whichever you want march 15th we're all going to the aew show separately yes we are and that way we can't influence each other's opinions are we going separately I'm going to the private suite of oh, one. Excuse me. The axe. You're welcome to come with me. I've got an extra spot. Well, I have a couple other guys. I got to. There you go. Just, you, that's why you've got a couple other guys. I just and, want the listeners to realize, like, you just kayfabe me. Like, no sweet invite for. Well, for no, you had Chris. a sweet invite, but you told me you had tickets. I do. I yeah. do. I've got floor tickets. So I don't oh, even yeah. have tickets yet, but I know I have tickets, but I don't know what I, they are. That's, I, that's what I do too. All I okay. know is their floor. I don't actually physically have them. I yeah. got. Yeah. spiffed basically yeah. I, for, the, for the show how about the two for one deal they just had this week yeah their tickets are they're, like they're gonna they're gonna have eight thousand people more more i'm calling that it would be great because the the way tickets go is you get an initial surge bef- like they did it before christmas and by christmas they had a very healthy amount then it dies off in january people don't have the money and there's two months to before the show in the last three weeks they will sell another th- 1500 tickets probably once they announce some matches yeah. this is remember this is 10 days after the pay-per-view so we'll be gearing up for double or nothing in las vegas so there's going to be some things kind of do you think we're getting sting in winnipeg yes why would we not get sting I he, think he, we'll he's get doing sting. all the he's doing pretty much all the shows so i i would imagine we would yeah i mean i i think it's going to be all hands on deck i, mean, I don't think we're going to get billy gunn i don't <laughs> well we know that's we not, not. <laughs> but um i think it's going to be all hands on deck i mean they're not looking at and normally like you know you know wwe when they come here it's like oh it's winnipeg it's not boston it's not new york it's not you know but like they're going to put their best foot forward here because from people that i've spoken to in the office they were very excited about the tickets moving at the rate they were moving and um they said to me next stop would be either another tv or hopefully a pay-per-view and i'm gonna call it right now and i have no inside knowledge on this and nobody's told me this i'm predicting they will announce full gear in winnipeg in november can you say who you talk to or no well i mean <laughs> Someone in the office. Yeah, let's yes. say that. Okay, so before we move on from that, since we've all, you guys have both said you know ticket ticket numbers, let's let's go on record now and do a prediction. All of us do a prediction. You always after, get these predictions wrong. And after, <laughs> what are you talking about? Ring of Honor is going to have a net, network TV deal. Hey, it's they not, start it, March second oh yeah, on a stream. It's good. It'll they'll get one. 
I can get a TV deal like that too. It's called YouTube. No, they're going to get an actual NWA TV deal. NWA Power. They'll get an actual TV deal. I disagree with you 100%. I, I think they will. Nope. Um, I think MLW, which got reels, is closer to getting a network deal for their brand than... than because they, they're represented by a Hollywood agency. That's why they're getting so much traction. And they're very happy with their debut because I guess that agency has sent a bunch of their talent to some upfront. So yeah. And they just signed well. Sky in U- UK. So they're on yeah. as and a brand. St- Sky is huge, by the way. That's, well, a, I don't that's know. a huge network in the UK. Yeah. There's Sky one through five. Before we talk too much about national programs. Remember, I did wa- remember back in the day, you guys said, we're not going to talk about mainstream wrestling on this show. Yeah. You know, I'm a coward though, because I, I realized we were running, (laughs) I don't like locals according to everybody. So I couldn't keep talking about them. I was pissing them all off. So I I had to pivot where I could complain a little bit about the, about the big leagues, you know, actually, okay. I said, we're going to talk local. I want to say something that I, that I noticed last week, Scott Demore is booker of the year. And you can tell Dave Meltzer that. Already this year, <laughs> get on the hotline. The deal they did to get New Japan, <clears throat> they announced Kenta. They have Jay, uh, sorry, uh, the champion. I know his name, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander. I almost called him Jay White. He's going to be going against uh, Will Osprey. Am I not? Mis- no, Will. O- what? Oh, I got it all mixed up. But that that commemorate com- like the collaboration that they're going to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling is helping. Uh, impact wrestling huge. And then they signed Kazarian. They got Bully Ray locked down. They have more talent than they had before the exodus in November. This has been a great start to the year for impact and their, and their pay-per-view numbers are, and they're, they're drawing sellouts in the small buildings they're running. Like you talk about in November, they were drawing 200 in, in some cities like Louisville. Yeah. All of a sudden they hit Florida. They, and now they're in Vegas, but they, they've had some, some tremendous traction in the first two months. Well, I might be going to one of their pay-per-views coming up, not in March, but I think there's another one they said in the summertime. I might go to that one, check it out. The so. one in Toronto? No, it's in Windsor. Oh, There's okay. some sort of a taping in Windsor. So right. I think uh, maybe a Bee She's road trip. You know, or at least a Bee She's court. You're not talking to Dave Meltzer before you come on the show, are you? Like when wow. you have, when you go to a show, like you were in Fanistel for CWE, yep. we're going there right now. You don't call Dave Meltzer because it was a couple, it was about 10 days ago. You were in Fanistel. I want to make sure that you're not, that we're not getting old information because you've already given it to no, Meltzer. No, I haven't, I haven't talked to Dave about any CWE keep, updates. Yeah, keep it that way. So you went to this Canadian wrestling's elite in Fanistel. How many Sold people? Out. How many? The, the capacity for the hall is 196, Okay, so. but they... Uh, let in 225. Wow. And I was there because when they said some people showed up with no tickets and they legitimately had to say, you cannot come in. We are over capacity. We can't allow any more people in. And it was a fundraiser for someone who'd passed away. I guess uh, a fan named Jules, and I don't know who this person Brian is. Brian Jules? He's still alive. <laughs> and it's Brian Jewel. No, it's J-U-L-E-S. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, fan named Jules, and uh, I'm not sure what their relationship is, but uh, yeah, the show was in his or her honor. And so. because there was liquor involved, that's why they would cap it at 225. Even if they uh, thought they had space, they wouldn't want a liquor commission rep coming in and seeing them way over capacity. I think it's more up. for a uh, fire code violation. That too, okay. You know, it was pretty tight in yeah. there. I mean, it was a good, hot crowd. Yeah. Was um, James Roth on the show? Is it James or Sam? Yeah, Sam, Sam James, 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 Sam. Yeah, Roth. he was on the show. He actually did. And as a fire, big, big heel turn. Oh, big heel turn. Bad timing on that. But well, apparently he was a he had turned heel earlier at another show. So they got to do it in every market. Yeah, because he's so. over in every market. But, you know, I, I had a I was watching the show and I uh, I was like, 
I just don't see a heel with him. No. You know who I see a heel with? Chad Daniels. Chad Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Because he's got this arrogant, cocky, He's, it's like he's playing a baby face right now. And, and he's called Chiseled Chad Daniels. Yeah. He needs to... I, I just think if it, if it was me booking this... I'm just speaking out of turn here. I'd put that cruiserweight belt or the junior heavyweight championship on Cheeks. Mm-hmm. Give him a run with it. Turn Chad Daniels into a heel. He's got a he's got a heel persona. It's easy to, to turn him as a heel because you could talk about... He's, he's with Lance Storm, and he's done things with Jacques Rougeau. Yeah. The guy's probably put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in his upper body. He looks Geez. Nope, he looks fantastic. <laughs> looks fantastic, and he's got you know professional gear. He's, he's, he's a nice guy. His promo lends to being a heel because it's not a natural yeah. delivery. I mentioned that to him. Yeah. It's very awkward, and it's like he's trying to play wrestler as opposed to just... Um, but I, th- I think that's something you can work and, with. And you're 100% right. If you flip him heel, it could be like when Martel went from strike force to the model. They were able to work with his delivery so that it worked as the model. It didn't work as a baby face yeah, so much. Yeah. I liked Rick Martel as a baby face, but his delivery on promos was was lacking. Um, James Roth being on the show, if they went over the fire code, he would have to shut the show down because he's probably a sworn fight fi- because well, he's a firefighter. He would be very he's, capable. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He'd yeah. have to say, like, listen here, we got to shut. Talk, uh, talk to me about... Right now in the local scene, I'm hearing, and and nobody's coming out and saying it, but they're all beating around the bush that Primos and CWE aren't on the same page. They're not getting along. They're sharing some talent, but it's not amicable. Are you hearing that? Uh, and again, don't tell me if somebody told you in confidence, but like I'm I'm having a hard time getting the what's going on because people think I'm a stooge now because I've got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... That would make me a stooge also, I yeah. guess. I, well, if I say that somebody is the eyes and ears of something, that's my polite way of saying they're a stooge. I would say there is a little bit of, um, I don't even know. Acrimony. I don't even know if, well, I don't know about that, but I won't even say animosity, but I think that there's some talent that I think, I don't know, It's they might have to make a choice at some point yeah, here. I have a feeling that's coming. Um, yeah, I think there's, you know, from what I hear, um, there's just some conflict there. So, so I, I'm not really sure what that involves. So what I've seen, because I see, I, I do try to talk to both sides, and not to play them off of each other. I'd love to, but I can't. But Primos is kind of trying to do it like a business person would try to build their brand, even though their brand isn't the higher quality, right? And that's the that's the reality. As long as, and I like Graham, but as long as he books himself as a wrestler, he's bringing the quality down because he's not that good of wrestler. No, he's a terrible wrestler. And he might be an okay businessman or any, a good businessman. So his, his eagerness to build his brand might be good, but as long as he wants to feature himself as a professional wrestler, he's bringing down the quality at the same time. And I like him because he lets me, he lets me be honest constructively critical doesn't take it personally now at the sip on the flip side is before last november danny what cwe was slipping they had no momentum they were after yeah. pandemic until last november they had no momentum now they've got a taste of momentum and i think danny wants to reassert himself as kind of the king of the local market and i think that's where he kind of wants to swallow primos if he can get him out of running some of those rule shots and because now you've got primos adding to their calendar by adding dates. That's right. There is three Swan River. Swan I know Swan River and Roblin. I think I, I there think are some right. dates coming up at the end of March. And I think, yeah, I think is that the show you want to 
take on the road and show Manitoba, hey, yes. here's Manitoba wrestling, Primos? You yeah. Guys, yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell Mark you, American, the main no, event. No, but let me tell you why. Those markets aren't used to wrestling. They're going to support it. It's all going to be who promotes best when they get into the town, right? Now, if you promote a town bad, you're going to have 40 people. It's going to burn the town either way. If you go in and work the town and you get 150, they're going to have fun even if the wrestling is crap because they don't know better, right? Because they know it's not WWE. They know it's not AEW. So they're going to accept it and go, okay. It's like it's like when a bad band goes to that local town bar and they're like, I had a great time. That band was amazing, Right? It doesn't matter that the band didn't sound great because it's entertainment in the small town. So if I don't think it hurts if Primos goes into these towns, if he does well, charges a fair amount, generates 150 to 200 people, everyone's going to have a good time. But I know that Danny kind of prides himself on being the guy that goes into as many of those towns as possible and wants to nip that in the bud. That's where the conflict's going to start. Yep. Danny hasn't come out and said he's going to do this, but Danny will never do that. He'll he'll be nice to you as he does it to you. But that's what business is. Guess who wins in this situation? It makes Graham, Graham have to look at it and say, the Primo's promoter, hey, I probably should take myself off the show. Remember, I was a bad wrestler too in 2001 in PCW. Yeah, we drew some big houses. There, yeah, in uh, TRCW. River City. Yeah, TRCW. The brass knucks and the yep. box match. Yeah. The fat fuck tapes. Yeah, I, I, just because I wasn't a good wrestler didn't I mean those. I didn't know how to do an angle or make people care about what I was doing. Right. But the problem is I realized if I'm going to be a real good booker and I'm going to assist in promoting, I can't be a wrestler. Right. Because I'm going to, I'm already not great at wrestling. And now if I divide my attention by booking and then go and try to have a good match, it's not going to be very good. Well, I think the other thing is you're only as strong as your weakest person on the Absolutely. team. And if you're putting that weakest, like, listen, I don't know this guy from a hole in the ground, but no. I mean, he's got, you know, he's terrible. I mean, he was on the show a few weeks ago. Thank God I wasn't on that show. Yeah. Because I would have took him to task. Like he's basically telling People, he's training people to be jobbers so they can be retrained properly. What kind of an yeah? Whoever says they want to train people to ridiculous. be jobbers, and then this week he posted on Facebook that he was doing an open tryout for everyone in St. James. Anyone can come. Twenty dollars. You can be. There's no one qualified to do that open training. It would be one thing if there's really only three guys in Winnipeg who I consider to be qualified to train: AJ, Mentalo. And it gets pretty scarce after that. And Easy, I know, does dabble with training and assist, but I don't think Easy Rider is going to say to anybody, hey, I'm going to take you from square one and make you a wrestler. The two that can do that are Mentalo and AJ. Yeah. If in this market, it's just like in Alberta, top talent, Johnny Devine, it gets scarce when you start going to like the eighth guy who's going to train you. In Winnipeg, it's two guys. Danny's not going to focus on training guys. You're not going to focus on training guys. I would argue I'm not totally qualified to train people i think there's things that i can show people like when we do the training with the cwe elite academy i'm there yeah i do some mechanics and stuff and i'm going to go down with the guys and work out with them in the ring i you know i did bring my gear yeah i did bring my gear to the show not because i was going to work but because (laughs) they always sometimes they need a special guest referee or whatever so i had my gear in the car i have a of course being a professional being ready i have in my bag all my all my gear a ref shirt, a zip-up ref shirt, a pullover ref shirt, a pair of black slacks, a pair of black socks, so I'm ready to go in case something happens. I always have that. Um, so when the ref didn't show up and they put the former tag team champion in the ring to ref the opener, you didn't think, hey, I can do it. No one's going to... No, because I knew that <laughs> the ref was coming. He was just a little bit late. So yes. um, This has been a great debate, though, because um, one of the things that I'm seeing right now in the scene is they're draw- all drawing incredible, like 
Primos is going to, they've, they've been drawing 200 or pretty close. CWE is cl- drawing close to 300. WPW just drew 300, yep. although there's been some disputes that it might have been under that. Well, I don't sold out yeah. every show, like basically 48 hours after the quick And somebody said to me, well, th- that's not a true seller. Trust me. And I'm like, no promoter says sold out. I don't want to sell any more tickets if they have a lot more tickets to sell. But did you see the finish Bobby Shank pinned AJ Sanchez yep. for the WPW heavyweight title? It's one of the biggest pops I've ever seen for an all local match. It can, you know what it compares to? You and Cheech in game seven. That's the first time in 20... We just passed the anniversary. It was 2001 oh <laughs> or 2003. Don't do the So it's 20 years. September yeah, we just passed 2003. 20. No, when the, not best of seven. That was January of 2003. Was it? Oh, yeah, because it was after Cheech turned babyface when Getting he took old. the bump over the top rope. Right. So local wrestling is hotter than ever. I like if there's a little bit of conflict because if they all play nice, the fans are going to start to get tired. But if they're all striving to be better than the other guy, the fans are going to pick their favorite and they're going to support that. It's good and healthy for the market. Why were we able to build TRCW? Because we went head to head with Ernie. We had to be better than him and we proved to be better than him. How did we build PCW a year later? We were going to go head to head with TRCW and we were going to do anything to win. It made the market yeah. better. How and did- we handpicked the guys that we wanted. Exactly. And I found all those documents and the, oh, the Bobby J survey. Wow. Do you, you did, and you know you found so we we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show the the shoot interview with Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger but yes. my box of goodies that I found I have all sorts of programs magazines pictures all sorts of there's good stuff. a guy da- named Dave Mollard who's just sitting there right now counting a wad of cash that he wants to give hit you me for up all that bro stuff. <laughs> Dave Mollard slide into my DMs get yeah. in with uh, Mecca Shane I'll help you find him on so, Facebook so where does 3D Pro play into this now because oh. they're starting up right away they're they've got a I'm I'll just come on what say is their it. show I, I think they've got a, a, a big hill to climb yes you're right with, with, with everybody you, everybody's doing well everybody's hot and they're going to be coming back. They, they had killed momentum. their own they, momentum. They, yeah, they killed their exactly. They killed their own momentum. So, yeah, I, I don't they, know how, how do you how do you pop a number? How do you get it back? Well, they they could have just went dark like Andrew has with PCW, right? Like Andrew just has Andrew's not saying I'm closed down. He's no. just saying he's very happily he's got a hell of a mountain to climb if he decides to come back. Yeah, but though. he's very happy with. And I spoke with Andrew this week, and yeah. and you know he's, he's happier than ever. Yeah, and good and good for him. Relax. You know? yeah. He's yeah. hanging he's out. Not getting mad about anything. Nope. He's going to run a show when it makes sense. Yeah. Right. But he hasn't said. It makes sense closed. when it makes sense. When Kenny says he'll come in for him, he'll run a show basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like like 3D. I mean, who did they have? The only guy that they had that didn't work anywhere else. Don was, Douglas. Yeah, that was the only guy who didn't work anywhere yeah. else. Tyler Colton, but he's not wrestling as Tyler. Right. Colton, and so he, I shouldn't say that. And did, did he do many shots, or did he just do that one shot? Did they do any? They did two shots. Didn't they do? Or maybe was it three. Only two? Yeah. Okay. But he only did one of the shows, didn't he? And I. I don't know. And then we have Cloud Nine coming in here at the end of Just the month. Just Brandon. Is the mom coming? I don't have Cloud that Nine confirmed. Mom. Nobody's no, selling me. I'm trying to get over on Cloud Facebook. We're going to have to go to Minot. To By the see way, Cloud Nine mom? Yeah. Long weekend. It's a five-hour drive. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. By hey, the way, I found, I found out when Below Zero Wrestling's running their next show, it's their anniversary show, and they're going to load it, but it's May Long Weekend on the Sunday. Fargo. Oh, yeah. No. They had Ricky Morton, but I was in Cuba. I would have went down to see Ricky Morton. Yeah, but that's because... May long weekend in Canada. The next week is Memorial Day, so that's why they're they're yeah. thinking. That's okay. what they're thinking. Is. Okay, okay. That's well, not this, work this has been a fascinating conversation. And and did we talk? We talked about the ref before we went live. We did. Let's mention it now quickly. Sure. What did you think of the ref, uh, Alfonso? Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Um, again, I thought so too. You know, we we had a little chat at the show, and uh, Alfonso is uh, he was a referee. I guess he works for WPW and. 
you know, we had, we sat, we sat down and, you know, he was very accepting of, um, advice. And, uh, we talked about hell of a respectful guy. Well, very nice guy looks the part. I mean, attention, anyone out there who's a referee, if you show up on a wrestling show to be a referee, please have referee shirt, black slacks, black belt, black socks, black Black shoes shoes. or boots, please wear that. Do not wear jeans. Do not have like a t-shirt. I mean, this guy looked apart. He was very um, animated in the ring. He didn't take away from the match. Um, he was in position. We talked a little bit about positioning in the ring, like say counting shoulders. And I said to him, we were making fun of, uh, what's the bald guy, Bryce Remsburg in AEW. The guy's counting the three, but he's not at the shoulders. Yeah, you got to be looking right at the shoulders. Well, when you're making a count, what are you counting down? The shoulders. Yeah. So if you're not the shoulders, how do you know what's down? You, yeah. It's just, you look. I've seen refs facing the feet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, so he, I thought he did a bang up job and he did very well. Yeah. Very impressed. Okay, before we move on, I did I dig up the information on 3D Pro Wrestling. They're presenting Protect Your Neck on March 30th. So there you go. WrestleMania weekend. Protect your neck. Thursday night. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if you guys have there, seen I the I thought poster, their graphic but, looked but, like crap, personally. There's, it says no ring, no rules. So is this like a bar fight? Or oh, no? I I will. That is a bad. You know what? I've heard about what? this. It's a thing in, it's a yeah. thing in North Dakota. Where they where they do these shows without a ring at like video stores or like music stores, yeah. it is not it is not professional wrestling. What, what and is if this? they do this, that's their poster. If they do a non <laughs> if they do a wrestling show without a wrestling ring, I will not talk about them on this show again. I I will denounce them. I will call the promoter out for this. I don't like gimmicks like that. Yeah, but that's not a wrestling show. Who and are I, these guys? And I will tell people: do no, not buy a ticket to a show where the promoter can't buy a ring. You should. We should put that on the B She's now, Instagram. To be, page. to be to be fair, I don't know if there's no ring. I just see no ring, no rules on the poster. So I'm assuming maybe it's one match. Let's hope per, so. Perhaps so. Uh, and the only one I recognize on the poster is Don Douglas. Is that Furpo in their quarter? No, I don't think that's Furpo. Looks like Furpo. I can't see it. Oh, yeah. You can. What are you gonna, I'm going to have to put my reading glasses on. <laughs> put your glasses on. Hey, how long have we gone? Because remember, I wanted to talk about a couple other things. We're, we're at 20 minutes. Okay, then I'm going to pivot right now. Okay, pivot. enough with local. That pissed me off, by the way. I know. I got, got yelled. Fired if they up. do a show with no ring, I don't care if there's a, an underground cult following for sh- shit like that. I will not, I will never endorse it. How what hot a, are you? I'm piping. I'm legitimately hot. What, what about if it's one match with? One I might accept as a gimmick, but an entire show, that's un, if you, that's screwing the wrestling fans is what it is. Who if you call it wrestling, that? because they might not even realize they're going to a show without a ring. If you call it wrestling and there's no wrestling ring, get out of the, get out of the business. Tom Pritchard to Adam Knight, that's how hot I am right now. But let me pivot, and I'm going to go to a somber tone right now. Uh-oh. Uh, what? Uh-oh. 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 Uh, Tell me what uh-oh no, is. No, nothing. You keep going. No, because I'm about to talk to some about somebody who died. So. No, no, go to the somber tone. It's fine. I'm not going to talk about that. No, tell me. No, I was just, just thinking, like, if this is... You want to get a good oversell, tell me. If this is a no ring, no rules match, and they've got all of these sponsors down here, I mean... As a spon- well, they don't have the ring apron to put sponsorship as, on. Yeah, so. but as a sponsor, 
if you're like, yeah, I'm going to sponsor this wrestling show, and then you come and like it's just guys on blue gym mats or whatever. It's not even gym mats. They just go around and do hardcore, like false count anywhere, but there's no ring. It's like fake fighting in a yeah, bar. I don't, yeah, see, I don't mind that okay. for one match, a okay. hardcore match. Okay, is so fine, you didn't tell go, go you ahead. didn't tell me any. You didn't find something that you're going to drop on me. No. Okay. No. Let me pivot. Next, we should have a moment of silence, but I can't now because I'm too fired up. Jerry Jarrett, a pioneer, has passed away. Yeah. Um, everyone that I know who had a dealing with Jerry Jarrett, except for Bruce Pritchard, who liked, and then Bruce Pritchard even admitted that he loved him, but not a soul other than me said anything bad about Jerry Jarrett in his entire career, other than he might have been cheap when he was living in a multi-million dollar mansion. He might have been a little cheap with payoffs. Yeah. But he gave a lot of people opportunities. Chi-Chi Cruz went down there and wrestled as Bobby Bolton. And I love Chi-Chi. I, I tried to get him on the show because he was one. he's the one of the few wrestlers who had matches called, I think, by Gorilla Monsoon, Ed Whalen, if I'm not mistaken, and Lance Russell. Like, that's pretty yeah. effing good. And I think Vince might have called one of Chi-Chi's TV matches. He did. That is in, as good as it gets in terms of a Mount Rushmore of wrestling announcers, in my opinion. Although Whalen... You'll say Gordon Soley, Jim Ross, but that when you want when you talk about the foursome of ring announcer of of match announcers, um, but Jerry Jarrett um, he also gave Andy Anderson uh, a sh- shot in USWA, and um, like you talk about it, USWA was the last territory to die. Yeah. After Vince's expansion, and it wasn't that they died; they just kind of folded in and got jobs in WWE or WWF at the time. Lawler went to WWF. Jeff Jarrett went to WWF, then he went to WCW, then he went back and forth. But it's the things that Jerry Jarrett was able to accomplish, in my opinion, better than Vern Gagne, even better than Bill Watts. They all say Eddie Graham was a better booker, but was there a better promoter? Well, remember this, in 1994. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's a tribute. It really is. In in 1994, when Vince McMahon was going through the steroid trial, who was the hand-picked guy to come in in and potentially run the company should Vince... But Bruce Pritchard did tell a different version of that. that, (laughs) Anyway, Bruce Pritchard said, yes, we brought Jerry in to help, but that was not, he was not going to run the company, but he was brought in at that time to be the extra voice. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, JJ was still there. And you know, he was there. Yeah. yeah, And Johnny Polo was actually involved in producing a lot of some of the TV. Raven told me that himself. Yeah. So, but like you talk about, uh, Kaufman versus Lawler. You talk about how they had so many stars they built. Dutch Mantel, Bill Dundee. Uh, it, the it, the list is endless. Like uh, the fabulous ones came out of mm-hmm. yep. Memphis. Hottest territory for a very long time. Very and, and the business lost a hell of a guy. He start he helped Jer- Jeff Jarrett start TNA. He helped put the money up. Do guy, we know what happened to Jerry Jarrett? Like what did he pass from? He had. Uh, esophagus cancer. Okay, because he didn't look like physically ill. No, it seems like it was a quick onset. And I only found out last week on Jeff Jarrett's podcast when when Conrad said, and then the next day he died. And did you see what Conrad said this week? He just mentioned that, hey, Jeff Jarrett wrestled on Dynamite because the next day. Yeah, Yeah. because Jerry's wife said, you need to go to work because Jerry would have wanted that. Yeah, and you know what? Brett Favre did that after his dad died. I'll tell you something. If the one guy that reminds me of who sat out and his grandmother died, Wade Redden in a Stanley Cup final game against Anaheim for the Ottawa Centers, sat out because his grandma died. I think when you're a pro athlete, you go because your your deceased father or mother is looking down proud of you. 
that you have the strength to do that. Look at Bret Hart at the I, 1990 I, Survivor Series. His brother just passed away, like, I think a few days before that pay-per-view, yeah. and he was there wrestling. I, I think, think you honor the person Mark who died. Mark Briscoe. Yeah. I think exactly. Mark exactly. Briscoe. How does yeah. Mark Briscoe come out on TV every week? And yeah. deliver it. And, like, talk about his brother. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, yeah. he really believes, like, spiritually that this is how it's supposed to go. So yeah. that's amazing to see. I mean... Kudos to I that think guy. you're honoring the person who dies when you perform that well after. I think you do what's right for you. So if it's right for you to sit out, you sit out. If it's not, I get what you're if saying. If you can't perform because of grief, I understand. Per- per- personally, I'm I'm in the same camp as you. Like if it was, you know, if it was me, I'd probably want to go. Yeah. But I dedicate the performance and I yeah. make sure it was the match of my life. But, you know, that's Jer- Jerry Jarrett has passed away 80 years old. Uh, Guy lived a life, man. Yeah, he, he had a very, very nice home because he built a very, very nice business. We should all game. be so lucky to have the kind of life Jerry Jarrett had. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> I did. I, I missed that one, but anyway, uh, Jerry Jarrett, a pioneer, a legend, and that's where we'll leave it. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. It's now time for the show to talk about main event munchies. Last week, we had the trivia question. Hulk Hogan won the third Royal Rumble. Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the first. Who won the second? Big John Studd. Yeah. And nobody answered it correct. We don't have a winner this week, right. unfortunately. So, I'm going to get easier this week. The first ever SummerSlam, the main event was... The Mega Powers, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, versus the Mega Bucks, Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. Who was the special guest referee? If you know the answer, you could win a bag of main event munchies. Here's how you win. Post it on on social media. Hashtag main event munchies trivia. And make sure you get the handle Total Bees She's Show and say who the answer is. Who was the special guest referee in the first SmackDown? Do not use Google, you sons of bitches. We want an authentic winner here. For SummerSlam. Yeah, and you can slide well, into our Smackdown. DM. Correct so. me. Yes, SummerSlam. August 29th, 1988, Thank you. Madison Square Garden. Thank you, Mecca Shane. You just saved this segment so that we didn't have to edit and recut it. So it is. The answer is the main event of the first ever SummerSlam in 1988 was the Mega Bucks versus the Mega Powers, who was the special guest referee. And whoever wins, here's how you're going to have to hook up with it. I'm going to give you a location that I'm at with a two-hour window. you got to come to me because it's tricky on how we're going to do fulfillment here. But we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. You will get your snacks. Yeah, and you're going to love them. They're great. I've had one or two bags, only one or two bags, after being accused by the co-host that I've eaten a bunch. Um, Now, (laughs) moving on. Uh, 
Okay. I, I have had the opportunity and you have had the opportunity to work with some of the most amazing professional wrestlers of our childhood, really, if you think about it. Like, I think of the biggest stars I ever worked with. Lex Luger might be that guy. He's right up there. Scott sure. Steiner. Does no business. <laughs> if you're the D's, ah, I'm not even worried about that. But the total package Lex Luger is probably the biggest name I ever did business with that I'm thinking of right now. Larry Zabisco would be up there. Mm -hmm. um, Bob, like during WFX, I don't think there was a guy bigger than Lex. How about Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler, yeah, there you Sonny. go. Sonny. Good call, yeah, very, okay. Our girlfriend. Yes, thank you. Yep. Yeah, we shared her for a little bit. <laughs> we never met her. Well, you never met her. I did, but... Yeah. Dodged a bullet there. God. Um, That's but a whole other story. Could have been bad. So let me tell you the story of how we came to know Lex Luger. It was um, the summer of 2005, and Jeff Dick, who factors into a lot of our stories, he had struck a deal to buy Action Wrestling Entertainment from me. I was the original owner, and he, he what he did, I didn't get a lot of money for it, but he or he invested and created the capital that would allow us to expand after we had a successful pay-per-view called Larger Than Life. And what ended up happening was he was on me. Ah, we're going to do this show. It's going to be Thanksgiving Saturday, October 5th, 2005. And he was like, I need, I need you to tell me the name so I can put it in a sponsorship package. And we were having a heck of a time. And the guy that I was talking to a lot was Buff Bagwell because I booked Buff to be in for that show in October 2005. And I said, geez, Buff, I need a guy. And he's like, I said, can you get me Sting? And he's like, oh, man, Sting will do it, but he's going to want $25,000. And he might ask you not to put him in a match. I'm like, geez, $25,000 and you're not giving me a match. I, In hindsight, I should have been interested in doing it. I think Jeff would have paid it. It would have been extremely successful. But, and I was getting very close to doing a deal with Diamond Dallas Page for $5,000. But I didn't, at that time, Dallas Page is fresh out of WWE, which was not a good run. And I didn't, I couldn't come to the grips to do it. So then I, I called back to Buff and he said, you know, because then we talked about Scott Steiner and he said, Scott's not available. So then he said, you know who I can ask is, is Lex. And I said, Lex. And he's like, yeah, the total pack. I knew who he's talking about. And so I said, you know, hold, hold on. That's the, that right there is the name. And I knew Lex had been doing a few indie shots. So he says, yeah, Lex says, give him a call and you'll work it out. So I call Lex what a unique individual. He refers to, he at the time referred to himself in the third person a lot. So I call him and we're like, hi Lex, uh, Buff gave me, yeah, yeah, I told, I told Buff to give you, to get me to call you. And so we're talking and, and, and he says, listen, I, I'm not going to be in ring shape to wrestle in October of 2005. He said, by December, I'll be in ring shape, but I'm not in total package shape. Like this is Lawrence Fole telling you that Lex Luger will not be in shape. Yeah. And he, and that's how he talked to me. He'd refer to himself as Lawrence Fole a lot. And he say Lawrence full or would he say Lex Luger won't be in shape for he he say he would say Lex Luger won't be in shape. This is Lawrence full telling oh, you this. Okay, so gotcha. it was like you had to have almost have a scorecard of w what he was talking Who about. Who was saying what? Yeah, yeah. So so then we get to money and okay. So what am I getting exactly? Okay, you're going to come cut a promo. You're, okay, would you consider being a commissioner? Which is what we ended up doing. Now here's where I messed it up. I ended up letting him come appear and paid him $2,000 American, but he wasn't going to wrestle. And then I didn't take the gimmick money, the merchandise money. 
did he he didn't wrestle at all? No, he wasn't in sh- he said he wasn't in shape. I think he takes his shirt off in the last episode if I'm not mistaken. He was when he he looked good. He even admitted, "I'm in great shape, but I'm not in Lex shape." Is yeah. what and let's just yeah. preface this. This is Lex Luger saying he's not in shape, which is like I'm basically not up. Well, well no. he was. But what I'm saying is that he looks better than 99% of the general population. Yes. Yeah. So Now, here was it's the not mis- like he was a yeah. fat bastard. No, he looked I, he actually he's, looked good. Yeah, he he could have wrestled, I'm sure of it. Oh, for sure. So, here's what I here was the misconceptions I heard at that time. He had killed Elizabeth. I don't think he he definitely didn't intentionally kill her. No. Um and he talked about that. He talks about that in the shoot interview that you did which is why we're talking about Lex today, because we're about to release that. We're going to start releasing that on YouTube very shortly. And thank God I keep all this stuff. Thank yes. God. You talk about the treasures, and, and there's going to be more. You know what? I have lots more. We're probably going to release episode one through six of AWE Overload, which was uh, the first show. It was on the Fight, Fight Network. Yeah, so don't start selling those treasures just yet. We might need oh, them Oh, no, yet. he knows. <laughs> um, I've been scolded, don't worry. So... <laughs> There's a funny segment where you and Lex do a segment on TV. Now, it was Saxon and I, uh, Dar- Saxon, Stan Saxon and I were the bookers and writers. And is this on the YouTube channel? The, not yet. The Lobbying Luger? Yeah, like when... Not yet. No? Okay. This, so, so, so for the people listening, they need to go to the Total B Sheets YouTube page once this is yeah, uploaded. Yeah. This there's is some hilarious. Gems. So it starts with Lex Luger as the commissioner <laughs> in an office... <laughs> And he's like, we, we had just done the deal that, so this is October 5th, 2005. And we, our return date was going to be the first week of December. And we had the Steiner brothers booked. So he's like, uh, I'm Lex Luger, the commissioner, and I've signed the Steiner brothers and they are real brothers and they don't (laughs) like each other. And it was like an amazing promo and he is sweating profusely and it's dripping down to his shirt and he's using big words like he did. And, and it was like an amazing promo. And it, so he says, and in a few short weeks, I'm going to announce who's going to wrestle the Steiner brothers. And the whole gimmick was all the locals start coming into his office to make their case. You have a segment with them where you're, tell it, how did it go? I'm trying to remember. So there was a whole bunch of uh, people basically lobbying yeah, Lex Luger. That's what it was called, lobbying Luger. Lobbying Luger to try to get uh, inserted into that match. Yeah. So I remembered... I don't even know. I was maybe like the fifth person and it was all the same kind of stuff. Hey Lex, I'd like to, you know, here's why I deserve blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of watching this and like, this is kind of, it's kind of boring. Right. So then I was like, let's kind of make it funny. I wanted to kind of do something where it might catch him off guard. Right. Because like, I think that's when some of the magic happens. Right. So just earlier that week I had purchased a juicer. <laughs> Which the way you say it is not even half as well as he sold it. For the first time I purchased a juicer. I, yeah. So we were I was in Lex's uh office and I was going through my credentials and my resume and then I had mentioned to him He's basically like, hey, you know, well, why do you... And again, I haven't watched this in like... Yeah, he puts over your look. You talk about how you were in the gym. Yeah, I can see you're yeah, in the gym. Yeah, I haven't, he just I've, keeps giving you a solid <laughs> verbal please. I haven't watched this in 15 years, but I remembered I said to him, like I was just kind of, I was saying, hey, I, I, I have this, I have this. I was at I the gym this. today. I did and this. I wrestled I, this. I kind of slammed my hand down on the on the counter and I go, hey, you, you know what? I have a juicer. And he's like, a juicer, and his eyes just bulge. Yeah. He goes, a juicer. Oh, 
<laughs> like that was the big selling feature. Yeah. So it was, uh, and then he ends it with, I smell money. And he, like he, he told the whole gimmick was in every segment, he would tell the guy, yeah, we got something here. So the guys would all leave thinking they've been promised the match with the Steiners. And I, it, yeah. And it culminates in the angle in front of the live crowd. He talks about how he's watched the talent. He's talked to all the key talent. And tonight he's going to announce who's going to take on the Steiner brothers at the next show. And he says, and he said, I, I met Ryan Wood and I met this guy and I met Ryan Wood. He says twice and Woody, Woody, who is amazing timing. He sold it the first one. And when he heard it the second time, he sold it again. <laughs> so it's like, it is, a, we are going to get this on the YouTube oh, channel so because good. it is, it is, I'm making it sound great. It is good. Is this is, a promo where Chevy and him talk about his cookie nipples? Do you remember that? I don't know that Lex refer. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was there's this weird promo where Chevy brings up he's got cookie nipples, and I'm pretty sure Lex. It was Lex. I'm pretty sure. And well, there is a segment where Sanchez and Chevy go in. Yeah, and they make their case. That's the one. I'm pretty sure. And it and I was just like cookie nipple. I could tell Lex didn't know how to react to it. Anyways, it's it's brilliant. The whole thing's brilliant, and that was brilliant too. Saxon's writing of this was it was all Saxon's idea. Like I always say when I when somebody books something yeah. around me if it wasn't my idea. So anyway, then he it, took he, it very seriously, Saxon. I remember yeah. him with like like notes, notes and he had, yeah. he was very And if you didn't deliver what he asked, yeah. he was on you. But anyway, it leads to Lex is going to announce the match and he announces it's going to be Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger against the Steiner brothers. And then all the locals <laughs> sell negatively. It was a beautiful segment. Um, and that was what led to what was supposed to be return business. Lex is supposed to come back. We only met him once for two days. You, you spent three hours with him mm-hmm. for the, for the shoot interview. Yeah. And then the next day he spent the whole day getting ready for the, the show. And we put him up at the St. Regis, which was a condemned hotel. And Ryan Wood got it sponsored free rooms and Lex put it over. He's like, I got a great room. It's big. I can't wait for the bed. He's putting, he put everything over. Yeah, he was a great guy. Yeah. To have in. And like, literally like this guy's made millions of dollars. Yeah. He's been on top of the business. Yeah, but right? He was funny and he was engaging. And I told the story of the Wayne train where I took Lex and uh, Buff yes. and all those guys up and they're all highway and well, Lex Luger. And he, <laughs> they all said, hi, it was great. And so that was called lobbying Luger. Now, why didn't the match happen? Lex and Buff got on a plane in Minneapolis and they might've had a couple of cocktails as Scott Steiner told me when he got off the plane, he, he got on and off without a problem because well, he de- knew they were being idiots. It depends whose story you listen to. Everybody's stories pointing fingers at everybody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. So Lex gets off the plane. I've been at the airport waiting for this plane and Scott gets off and I'm waiting and Lex and Buff don't come out. And then somebody says, somebody says, Hey, is Mike Davidson here? I can come up and I think, okay, all three guys. And it, and he says, Scott Rex Steiner is in the, is in customs. And I said, okay, yeah, he's going to be a little bit, which usually means there's something that's got to get worked out with customs. So what about Lawrence full and, and Marcus Bagwell? Uh, they're not on the plane (laughs) and Mark Bagwell to no show is impossible. Guy makes every booking he's ever had. Yeah. He sometimes is not in the best of shape to fly, but anyway, so all of a sudden I'm like, what the hell happened? So Scott comes out and I said, where's, where's, Buff and Scott, or where's Buff and Lex? Oh, they'll be here tomorrow. They're supposed to be on the plane with you. Well, they got on the plane with me, but they got thrown off the plane. Why did they get thrown off? Ah, they were assing off and being idiots in this flight. They were like basically being a hard ass on the flight attendant. She kicked them off. Like, what do you have to do to get kicked off well, of the plane? Marshall. The air marshal. But like, think on. about what you, ha- like I've seen some yeah. assholes on airplanes. Yeah. yeah. What do you have to do to get well, physically Well, apparently removed? they refused to sit in their exact seat and they were like, do you know who we are? We're professional wrestlers. The whole, and they, and she just had enough. She said, get off my plane. Yeah. So they got kicked off. 
So I go to bed that night and I, or I go home and I, I check my voicemail and Buff has left a voicemail saying, it's all Lex's fault. I was trying to take care of Lex. You know how Lex can be. And then Lex left a phone call. He's like, I was trying to take care of Buff and you know how Buff can be. So I'm like, and Scott had told me they were both idiots. Yeah. So I wake up the next morning and I'm like, okay, Buff and Lex are going to be in at 1030. And Buff gets in and Lex, and Buff gets in. Well, where's Lex? He's in customs right now. So I know he's landed. Okay, good. And this is 10 or 11 a.m. And, and three hours later, why is Lex not through? Four hours later, five hours later, four o'clock in the afternoon. This, we had Mark through customs and at the airport by 11. Finally, I get a phone call from Lex. He's like, you didn't fill out the paperwork right. I'm, they're not letting me in the country. I said, I don't have to fill out paperwork. paperwork. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. He's like, they said it was your fault. I said, Lex, there's no paperwork. I didn't fill out paperwork. For, they said you didn't pro- process my visa properly. So I'm hot, right? I'm like, Canada Customs has turned down Lex Luger over something that is not my responsibility. They're performing artists. They're allowed in the country to perform, especially major feature headliners. So I go to the Winnipeg Sun and I say, when I, I rip on Canada Customs. So their supervisor called me. This could have burned me with every name I ever wanted to bring in because they can turn down a name anytime they want. Yeah. So I, and he said, just so you know, we didn't do anything wrong. The guy had a warrant for his arrest. We're obligated to return him back over to the United States. We could not let him into the country. He had a warrant because he didn't pay his child support. Yeah. So they had to send him back to Minneapolis. He got held in a holding cell. So that's why Lex stopped. So you were responsible for Lex Luger going to jail. He blamed me. That was the last conversation I had with Lex. Yeah. He, that's he good spent, for the resume, I think. He, and it's been, his story is everywhere because the Minnesota Star Tribune covered that he was supposed to be coming to Winnipeg for Mike Davidson. Like Mike Davidson's the Vern Gagne of Winnipeg or something. I think you need to reach out to Lex and Men Bridges. Yep. I don't think I can. You know? he, well, he's. I think he's in a better space he, now. I he, think he's he in would, a much better he space. He would probably laugh about it now. Yeah. I'm, you know what? You should do that. I'm going to reach out to Lex yeah. and just say, hey, do you remember me from 2005, whatever? Maybe you'll come on the You're show. You're the guy who didn't fill out the paperwork properly. Yeah, if he says that, I'm going to say, didn't you have a warrant because you didn't pay child support? And that will probably be the end of the friendship. Yeah. I did reach out to Buff to join us today because, and we'll talk about him separately because we're going long on Lex and our experience with Lex, but Mark Bagwell, I, we met him in 2002. Mm-hmm. So it was, the show was called Boiling Point. It was supposed to have Brett the Hitman Hart as the marquee and then I remember 10 days before he got into that bicycle accident got a concussion and stroke and then we thought we had Roddy Piper to replace him but then what happened was Brett we hear Brett had a stroke I know he's not coming in but the agent isn't confirming it well we don't know what his medical prognosis is could you please cancel the booking well no we're not going to cancel the booking because he still intends to be there He's in the hospital for a stroke. And, and it wasn't Marcy Engelstead. It was somebody else who, wasn't, who couldn't confirm Brett wasn't going to be there. And then we had a shot at Piper. We lost that shot because of the time it took for Brett to confirm he wasn't coming. So how did we replace it? We had the Legion of Doom, which what an act they were. Like, that was a great replacement. Unfortunately, because we didn't have enough time to build up the Legion of Doom were coming instead of Brett. Brett was supposed to come and not wrestle. Can you imagine that if Legion of Doom and Brett the Hitman Hart were on, on the same show? show. Yeah. And that, like, that was actually part of the plan, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. That this was is, the plan. There's collateral, mater- like marketing material with both of them. Yeah, I and I have that marketing material yes. with Brett Hart on it. So, so I guess the way that goes is we got we got a sweetheart of a deal because we were running a Thursday night. So LOD gave us a sweet deal. Give us two shows. It's going to like 
I can't even tell you. I teamed yeah. up with Animal the night because Hawk didn't come in. The, Hank Ross booked the wrong flight, had a Hawk landing at 8.30 or 9 o'clock on the night he was supposed to wrestle yeah. in Winnipeg or in Brandon, two hours away from the airport at 9 o'clock. I was an honorary men- member of the Legion yeah. of Doom. Wow. And I remember driving back from that show and Animal, I said to him, I said, you know what's funny? Five years ago, I was paying money to watch you wrestle. Now I'm getting paid to wrestle with you. He loved your driving too. He said you didn't go. In, he, he said you didn't go five kilometers over the <laughs> he, speed limit. He wanted me to go like a hundred. Like he wanted me to go like fifty over the speed <laughs> yeah. limit. Yeah. And then I said to him, I said to him, "Do you know what kind of a speeding ticket that yeah. would be? Are you going to foot he, the bill?" We're on the Trans Canada Highway. We were like two <laughs> old people, two old married couple uh, arguing. It was really funny, but yeah. he was a the, great guy. The next day he told me, the guy you, I was driving with, he, he wouldn't go five kilometers over the speed, or he wouldn't go five miles an hour over the speed limit. I go 10. 10 is my, <laughs> 10 is my limit. Yeah. I do that. And then I was actually correcting Animal on a bunch of his career history, which is hilarious yeah. because he was like, blah, 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 when I won the tag team titles at uh, SummerSlam 92. And I said, no, no, you won them at 91. He goes, no, no, it was 92. I go, no, no, you burnt your leg on the motorcycle in 92. You beat the Nasty Boys in Madison Square Garden in 91. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, Joe was a hell... Road Warrior Joe was a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So was Hawk. Yeah. Like, we... Both you talk about guys. how lucky we were. So in this... How, how long have we gone here? We're at uh, 46. Okay, good. Thank you. Give me a signal when we go 55. So that show, we had Buff Bagwell, but we weren't sure because we were waiting on Brett because Brett was supposed to make a lot of cake. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden we realized Brett's not coming. We're going to... We're gonna t- say to the agent we're done because we're tired of this process we know he's not getting out of the hospital so i call buff or i i send an email to buff bagwell and i we work it out and and then it was like tentatively we will bring you in it's less than two two weeks away i'll get back to you in a day or so so then we decide we're not going to book buff we we didn't know if we need him we didn't think we needed him and then all of a sudden i just sent him an email said yeah booking's off he gets on the phone with me this is my first conversation with him because it was all email up to this he cusses me out you treat me like that. You send an email and dismissively tell me you're not going to book me after you tell me to hold the date. He's like, I've never been treated like this. He's like, I, w- I-, I really looked forward to working with you and you know, the show looked great. And he, he, he just rips me apart. And then I get off the phone with him and Andrew said, he obviously cares if he's going to rip on you for 15 minutes. Keep in mind, this is one year removed from WCW closing. Yeah. And so we sit there and we, we sit there for a minute and we're like, Ah, let's add him. So we add Buff Bagwell. I call him back. Hey, Buff, you know, talking to you. Yeah, we'll bring you in. And he was sugar sweet and he was great. So we have him booked against Chris Paris. <laughs> Don't There's, do the elbow, yeah, whatever the you The Tajiri do. elbow, which is the handstand into the elbow. <laughs> yeah. And Chris could do it sometimes and it would look great. And sometimes he would mistime it and it would look Well, sloppy. it looked like he was in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. like it was never... F- it, it, it was like having a field goal kicker who's good 60% of the time. And you realize you're out of field goal range because the crowd is too big and there's too much on the line. So you're like, we're going to gamble or we're going to punt. We don't want it. We don't want the field goal kick. So I said to him in Thursday night at the Palladium before the show, like a week before and under no circumstances, Chris, do I want you hitting it to Jerry elbow? And he laughed and he acknowledged and he heard it. And then the day of the show, no to Jerry elbow. And like a prick, he ignored me and he went for the Tajiri elbow. Maybe I jinxed him because he hit it so bad. That's another tape we should release. I can't. You know why I why? can't? Why? Because I'll be called a piece of shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. the ownership is questionable. He doesn't, technically he didn't own it either. I lost well, the money have, on that show. I have a copy of it. 
the whole show. I'm the only one who has a copy of the whole show. But mm. I did commit to Andrew. We're going to sit down, have a few beers, and do some tape trading. I also have the PCW commercial that aired on Hockey Night in Canada. Yes. And not many people have that. Is Omega in that? No. No. Me, Damon? Dan, and I don't know who else is. Chad Ripley refused to be in it because he was in the Actors Guild. Spunky. Yeah, he's like, oh, never he put his hand up, and we knew there was only four wrestlers. We had a 15-second commercial, and we knew Chad was big bucks, too. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't that bad. Well, in 2002. The actual commercials cost not much, the production. It wasn't that bad of a deal. It was a good deal, and it was during Hockey Night in Canada yep. during the playoffs. playoffs yep. um, and anyway, so there's so many good stories about this. That tape should go on YouTube, but I think we'll let Andrew put it up there because Andrew stuck with PCW for 20-some years. He should bask in the glory of what he did. Yes. Even though I lost the money on that show, not him, even though I was still the booker, even though we built it, let's let him have his day. Um, but Buff was amazing. He came in and the, after he does the match and we had him go over with the blockbuster and then they did Polaroids. They did really well. They all had fun. Buff says to me, that guy you had me work, was that like the promoter's friend? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, ah, you know, he's a nice guy, but he wasn't very good. <laughs> and I was like... Thank you. Thank you for, for validating. Cause Chris was a, a good wrestler or decent wrestler, great, decent promo. He was very across the board. He had enough, but he was a poor man's Will Damon at a time where Will Damon was still dominating. And that's where Chris kind of got lost in the shadow. And then they, it, one of the things that used to drive me crazy as a booker was, can I cut the, can I cut a promo? No, we're heavy on promos. And then he would just openly defy me go grab the stick and cut a promo it's like that's unprofessional right like in 2001 or two you could get away with that with me can you imagine him doing that to me in 2010 i would have cussed him out in front of the whole locker room and sent him home like it would have been yeah. bad but buff that's when we met buff and i worked with him through from that point for until 2008 we had him uh 2003, 2003 at coyotes i tagged up with him against cheech and knight yes do you guys go over Probably. He I have always that. looked like a million dollars. You I have, have that? that poster. And I have oh. that vi I have that tape too. We're going to release that on YouTube. Jeez. There we go. Look and we this. have Kenny Omega versus I'm have Woody. to renegotiate my contract. Yes. yes we, sure. Well, I'll tell you when the YouTube explodes, when people subscribe and they, and they share and, and their advertisers start spending money. All you need to do is search on YouTube. Total B she's is right there. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, subscriber. do you have Omega versus you just have the match. You don't have the Omega Woody match. From that show, yeah, or do you have the whole, whole show? show? Oh my god, we got some, we got some gems. Mecca Listen, Shane, I keep everything. Mecca Shane's the king of bees. And by the way, you look great on on social media on Thursday night after your trip to Mary Brown's. You look, you look so well, happy. Well, hey, listen, I had the uh, spicy Big Mary. And the Nashville Taters. Have you tried the yes. Nashville Taters? Yes. Uh, we'll so talk I about have, this next segment. Over, yes. Nashville Taters for the win. Yes. Yeah. Mary Brown's. We're, we're going to talk about that in the mailbag. But wow. Um, so Bagwell then does, he comes back in in 2005. After 03, he comes back in 05 for the Harsh AW, Reality. Uh, AWE. What was that show called? That Thanksgiving show. Harsh Reality, wasn't it? No, Harsh Reality was with the Steiners. Hmm. It was Larger Than Life. March back to school bash. Cause Jeff Dick named it that even That's though right. shell cross was calling his show that and I was like, I didn't want to do that. It's copycat. He's like, ah, we're, ah, we're at the university of Manitoba. We're back to back to school. What a keys. Yeah. He's being a bit yeah. of a keys. Cause he was trying to screw with Andrew. Cause Andrew was doing things to screw with us. So back to school bash, it was That's buff right. Bagwell. You get to do the three hour shoot with him. And then you wrestle a singles match with him on TV. I wrestled who Martin buff Bagwell. Did I? Yeah. You know why? Cause when I was calling it for play by play, 
And it was me and Marty Gold calling it. And we could hear Bagwell calling his spots. Do we have video of that too? It's in the six episodes. You know, I know who has it. Oh, I'd love to see that. Okay. I, I don't even remember that. Yeah, you wrestled, you re, you don't remember the singles match with Buff? Nope. That was around your retirement because in October 2005, you were like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes back for December of 2005 and that was harsh reality. Yep. And it was, so it was going to be Steiners versus Lex Luger and Buff, but Luger doesn't make it in. So we changed it up and Buff teams with the Steiners as like a team WCW. That's right. Against Billy. Chuck and um, Brody Brody Steele. That's right. And that was supposed to be like a Team WWE. Now, did did we book Billy Gunn to replace Lex Luger as a last-minute thing? Or had I had him as an unadvertised attraction? I think you had him booked originally. Mm-hmm. And we had Rikishi. Rikishi was there. Yeah, that was, man. I mean, stacked show. I mean, look. Yeah. It's Fans the only way to take Man, spoiled all over yeah. all these years. And that's, that harsh reality was two nights in December, and it, it's the only ones at the Investors Group Athletic Center. On a Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, sorry. And that drew low. Yeah. Like, they, they drew about 750 both nights, but we had April Hunter in, who was a Playboy model, and she was on the front page of The Sun. Like, The Sun really yeah. defined it. We did everything you could, but you're not going to draw on a Tuesday and Wednesday in December because you got all those kids' Christmas concerts. And then, um, and then Boff came back for the Jerry Lawler show. Actually, he came back for the convention center show, which I now have the tape of. 07? Yeah, in September of 07. Him and Eugene, and he kept against Gangrel and Black Pearl. And I make Eugene cut a promo that he makes fun of me to this day for. I make him say, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because he's taking on Gangrel. So he comes in then, and then he comes back right out for the Marlboro show, where where Buff, it's uh, Jerry Lawler's show. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who he wrestles on that one. Who should make a full recovery, by the way, Jerry Jerry Lawler. We should probably mention that. That's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the stroke. We yeah. should, okay, that's good news. Is he is he still under contract to WWE? He is. Okay. Yeah. I bet you he's going to wrestle again. Let's hope not. Yeah. I hope he, I hope he doesn't, old. but he will. 73 Jerry, years old. He won't on WWE. But the TV, difference but. is when he does it compared to Flair, he's still Jerry the yeah. King Lawler. He still looks the same. Yeah, because of what he did, he didn't, he punt. He, he still wrestles, yeah, he still wrestles the same too. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's still very good. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the, the best part. working punches ever. Yeah. Yes. And the last time that that I met, or that I worked with Buff was that night uh, at the Marlboro. He was supposed to come back the night of the Sunny Show, but he was told by customs when he came in, if you don't get to the Canadian consulate and get this stamped, you're never going to get back into Canada. And he didn't do it. So that's why the relationship ended. But he was always so kind, yep, so time. nice. And I got to tell a rib I pulled on him. Okay. So we had Jason Pandachuk who used to call me. And, <laughs> you know the rib? name from the past. Yeah. So Jason Pandachuk would call me and he'd say, can I get this guy's phone number? Can I get this phone guy? And I'd say, I can only give you his phone number if you do what I tell you to say. And <laughs> oh he would do gosh. it verbatim. So I made him call like different people. And I, Jason Pandachuk is an episode of in his own. So I said, I'll let you, I'll give you, do you want to call Buff Bagwell? And he said, yeah. I said, but you have to say this. You have to tell him you're Jason Pandachuk from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Now this is less than two months after Chris Benoit in Atlanta killed his family. And the Atlanta police are going after the doctor who's supplying all the boys with steroids, including Buff. So when Buff gets a phone call from this guy who says he's from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, right away, he thinks it's a police sting. <laughs> Yeah, tied into Benoit. So he's already a little on edge. And I said, I want you to tell him you got the number from Lawrence Fole, not Lex Luger, but Lawrence, Lawrence Fole. Fole. Drop the shoot name. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I said, write this down. Yeah, Lawrence Fole. 
and he and you met Lawrence at the gym, and you Lawrence said to call Buff to get steroids. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is one of the many ribs that were pulled. So on Jason Panditcha calls me after he makes the phone call. He said I called Buff and he hung up on me. What happened? He said, well, I told him what you told me to say. Lawrence Full. He said, how do you know Lawrence? I said, I, I met Lawrence at the gym. And, and why did Lawrence give you my number? Because Lawrence said, you'll sell me steroids. And he said, thank you, goodbye. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> so the next day, I'm doing business with Buff because he's coming in for the convention center show like a week later. So I got to call him and tell him what his travel is. So it used to be you'd call and it, he'd answer the phone. And now all of a sudden you have to, it would be like, please leave your name so the person receiving the call can verify they'll accept the call. So he has some sort of screener because he's that <laughs> freaked out. So he answers like, hey, and I said, hey, Mark, it's Mike. He, oh, hey. I said, why did I have to go through that process to get through to the line? He's like, I had a weird phone call last night. I just leave it at that. So, <laughs> so I know what the call was. I couldn't tell him. So... No wonder people just stop doing business with you. Well, you're, you're ribbing the names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's not the only one. Yeah. So then... When he comes to town, he's like, I said, what is going on with your phone line? I can never get through direct. He's like, I had a phone call and it's an undercover cop. And I said, how, what? He's like, guy called. He said, he's from Edmonton where Ben was from. And I was like, okay. And he said, he said he knew Lex. And I said, oh, really? But I knew he said Lawrence Fole, but I couldn't correct it because then he didn't know how I set it up. He's like, he knew Lex. So I said, how do you know Lex? And he said, Lex, Lex told me at the gym I should call you, Mark. And so I said, why did, he, why did Lex give you my number to call me? He said, because he said I'd sell him steroids. I knew it's the cops. I thought they were going to come break down my door. I thought they were going to come in. and So I go to the bathroom and I flush all my steroids. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he thought he was in the middle of getting, he thought it was the beginning of a oh, seizure. Yeah, like he freaked I out. I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> Come on now. D probably this was 2007. Probably laugh at it. D yeah. Dumped 10 grand worth of gear down I, the I hope it wasn't that much because he was getting a doctor prescribed, so he probably didn't have to pay that much. Pharmacists <laughs> probably giving it to him at wholesale. But anyway, so he said he flushed everything. He said him and his wife were freaking out because he thought it was Edmonton cops calling him in <laughs> yeah. a sting. So all because of Benoit. Jason Panichek. He called everyone. He called Brian Christopher. He called Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart said, if you have any respect for me whatsoever, you'll lose my phone number and never call me again. He called, we had him call, like, there will be Delivered a, flowers to a nice young lady. Oh, God. I have to do an entire segment on how bad I ribbed this guy. This but, guy's been blocked on yes. my Facebook. All so, right. Buff Bagwell, Lex Luger, that's the story of my history with them. And now you're going to be able to watch them on YouTube. It's a two and a half hour, three hour, two hour shoot interview with the Barbara Walters of wrestling, Shane Madison, <laughs> Mecca good? Shane. Who, and I can tell you, it's going to be great. You're going to start seeing it come up on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Watch the channel. You can see 13 episodes of WFX Wrestling, which Liam talked about last week. And you're going to eventually see the Kenny Omega Ultimo Dragon match. And there might even be a, another Kenny Omega match from uh, 2003. So it's worth subscribing to. It costs you nothing and watch the channel. And you know what's funny is that when we did the shoot interview, I remember I remember we were in a ho the hotel, I think. Yeah, right? and that it was Lex, beautiful hotel room. Lex and Buff sat down and then I walked in and they, they said to me, well, where are all your notes? I go, what do you mean? I go, what, aren't you going to ask us questions? I go, I got it all up here. <laughs> and they looked at me like, what the? F and you go like. I went through everything. everything and that's, I'm kind of like the rain man of yeah. wrestling. And I kind of, uh, I went through 
everybody's like every little detail and i've asked the tough questions yeah too. that's the other thing and you, you missed know, one tough question which one you you ask buff bagwell how he broke into the business and he says missy hyatt which we knew from missy hyatt's book he says just like the book missy hyatt hey well you missed a tough question last week when you didn't ask liam phillips why he left uh why he why he quit he kind of talked about it he didn't get into the details all oh, right yes anyway so barbara so, <laughs> yes. okay. so barbara here's what you should have said when he mentioned missy hyatt <laughs> did you bang her you didn't ask. Well, I didn't. This, this is 2005. Well, what do you think the it? answer is? He didn't. No? No. How do you know? Because she told everyone she banged in the book, and she just said oh, really? she didn't bang him. She talked about banging Brutus Beefcake, and he was hot. <laughs> anyway, the funny stories. All right, let, let's move on. Are you yeah. ready to move on? Well, we're going to be going to the mailbag. We are. It is time for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious. Has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. Two questions in the mailbag this week, but Tell first, <laughs> but first, hold on, hold on. We know the Mecca went to Mary Brown's recently. You were mentioning you had the Nashville hot potatoes. Do you have a big Mary as well? Of course. Nashville hot or regular? No, I didn't do the Nashville hot. I did the spicy. Okay. Because yeah. the spicy is the spicier one. I got clarity yeah. from the guy working at the counter. Yeah. I said, so you have the regular big Mary, you have the spicy big Mary, and you have the Nashville big Mary. The spicy Big Mary is the spiciest. Why didn't you just ask friend of the show, Dave? Because I like to, you know, talk talk to the people. Yeah, yeah. They're on the front lines, right? I want you next time you're there, ask customers. And well, there wasn't anyone there <laughs> when I was there. Yeah, you know, I was eat, I, awkward I, time. You were probably went three in the afternoon. Hence the picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was uh, and what and for the Nashville, they actually toss the um, taters in a. Nashville sauce. So yeah. that's how they It's amazing. Oh. It's a it's a hot honey sauce for anybody who doesn't know. That's oh, is that what, what it that's is? That's what Nashville hot oh, is, wow. is, is. You a are a foodie, honey. aren't you? I am. Yes. And you, and you can you, only talk about one brand because of a sponsorship agreement. You want to talk about other brands, you're not allowed. I'm not, not going to do it. I'm telling yes. you, though, that Big Mary, though, I mean, is there any better chicken sandwich besides that? I don't think there is. No, I, no. Even, like, even they are a sponsor, but I will. Don't I, say I would, competitors, No, I would, I, would go on, I would go on record. They're the best chicken sandwich. I saw a top 10 list, and I don't remember where I saw it, but it was a few months ago. And number one in all of Canada was the Big Mary from Mary Brown's. I wonder if we can get Mary Brown's to send us some, t- some hats or shirts. Would we wear it in studio? I'd wear it. I'd wear it in studio. Yeah, sure. Just like your Pro Wrestling Illustrated shirt. Get a picture of him in that shirt. We'll put that on social (laughs) media. Mecca Shade will wear anything. Yes. (laughs) Well, no. Pro Pro Wrestling Illustrated isn't an indication you wear anything. It's a great shirt. I won't wear a hat unless it's a new a new era fitted hat. Yeah. See, he's we can't get him a hat because wear a bomber's hat thing because new era. New era. As long as it's fitted. Okay. All right. Let's get let's get down to tell them how they can send the question in. You can send the question in to our email. TotalBeeshees at gmail.com. On Instagram, search TotalBeeshees. Slip into our DMs. Twitter, using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag, or in our inbox there. And Facebook, same thing. Inbox, search TotalBeeshees. And Cheese. coming to YouTube soon is going to be a compilation of all the Mary Brown's yes. mailbag segments that's coming to YouTube. We've got our, our friends who are handling that. Going to get that out there. Friend of the show, Mr. Beautiful, asks, why was... The Black Pearl, so over in Winnipeg. <laughs> and uh, some people might not know who Black Pearl is, so perhaps you uh, can I'll tell the backstory. provide some levity. So in 2000 and s- 
2007, when I was doing business with Rikishi, he made a power play for the book with Jeff Dick. He smelt the money and he wanted Jeff's money. And he, part of this deal was that we had to book in a lot of Rikishi's talent from new wrestling evolution from Italy. So you saw Orlando Jordan was part of that. John Heidenreich was that part of that. Um, Brian Christopher, when I wanted Scotty too hotty, we ended up with Brian Christopher, which Brian was good, but Scotty, I thought might be better, right? The worm is more over than what Brian was doing, in my opinion. So in that equation, we had to pick up members of Rikishi's family, uh, Simone Savage, who looked like Umaga. And, oh, yeah, I forgot about that And guy. then Black Pearl, who was actually kind of the business manager for the for Rikishi. Please, please. And he's related to Roman Reigns. He's part of the A-N-O-I-A family. There's an accent there somewhere yeah, as well, but yeah. it's Anoy. Yeah, there you go. And so his name's Reno, and he is a nice, nice guy. And very talented enough. He just never got a run in New York. So when you bring him in, he's not a huge name really, but he was in a, he had a cool look to him. He had his dark skin and he's like Samoan obviously. And he, um, and he did a, a play off a vampire gimmick, which is why he was teaming with, with Gangrel. And, uh, and it was core. It was Mr. Beautiful's group. That was a front row fixture at PCW. And they, they supported all the local shows and they, they couldn't make a guy by just being so loud for that guy. So that's why he was over. Yes, because they, they made him, which is great. If you can make a guy, do it, right? We Brad Pack did it for TJ Bratt, right? True. And yep. it happens. They also made you a better heel because and MVP a better heel. I don't mind when a section of the audience decides we're going to make this guy, you know, because it's organic at that point. People around will go, well, if they like him, we'll like him. It, it's, it's like a wildfire. So that's what ended up happening. I he, forgot he was one of the vampires. That's yeah. right. And he was, he was actually supposed yeah. to be part of WFX 2010. So the, so he ended up, uh, so he was there for 2007, September at the convention center, the worst show I ever, ever, ever did, which is going to be coming to YouTube. <laughs> so please bear with me. It was my best effort. Wasn't my best effort. Until you come back yeah. for your next project uh, no th there's no next project <laughs> yeah. well we haven't talked about that yet yeah, oh yeah. oh we're gonna save that we're gonna let that cat out of the bag oh later. that's part of the mary brown stooge oh, bag whoops yeah. <laughs> um, i let that slip and then he came back for the marlboro show with with lawler and then he came back the next show which was the sunny show so it was part of rikishi's deal you, you had to bring certain guys back and then in 2010 i'm gonna do a deal but kishi and i had a falling out after that sunny show or before the sunny show i actually i fired rikishi and Pearl wasn't brought back because of the show at the Marlboro when he didn't take the bump over the top rope and wreck the finish. Well, you know what's going to happen now? Mm -hmm. I can see WPW bringing in Black Pearl at some point. They That's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and they, I would love to see Reno. He's a great guy. Maybe we should do like a hashtag like... Bring back Pearl. <laughs> bring Black <laughs> Pearl. Anyway, so uh, 2010, he was... So I'm, I'm trying to mitigate my heat. Well, not really heat with Rikishi, but... What I how there was some animosity, yeah, there. because the guy was trying to get he was trying to yeah, backdoor his yeah, way, yeah, into, exactly. Yeah. So, I was really worried if I brought him in in 2010, I'm gonna deal with that. And when Liam's gonna be taking over as the booker, like the head creative guy, so I had to be careful, but I badly wanted Umaga. So, if I do Umaga and and Jeff Dick at the time had he was owed money by Rikishi, he wanted Rikishi to come in so that he could square that away and I was willing to bring in Black Pearl because of Mr. Beautiful saying like could you is Pearl going to be part of this and Gangrel actually was the benefactor like we Pearl, uh, Gangrel was part of that group 
But Gangrel's such a professional, he's, he was still part of it. Yeah. Rikishi decided not to come. Umaga passed away, unfortunately. And Black Pearl had a surgery, and that's why he didn't come in. Is he still in the business, even? I don't think so. He would be... He'd be getting quite an age 13 years ago. He was already quite an age in 07. So I think he's done, but yeah. he was wrestling as late as 2017. There, there, so. I remember there was talk about him being like the next big Samoan. Black Pearl? Yeah. I can remember. And I don't know if it was the Winnipeg Echo Chamber. I think probably. But I remember, I, I can remember him being quite over. Anyways. Um, so that's that question. Yes. That's why was he so over? There he is. Uh, he's Just found him online. He is so over because six foot five. He wasn't six he foot was five. He was pretty tall. He, he was so over because the fans chose for him to be that over. Right. And that's why some people, that's why people should get over. Okay. Next question from Marty Goldstein. Marty Goldstein. Uh, yeah. Hello, Charles. Uh, okay. I don't know if it's the Marty Goldstein, but let's go. There's only one Marty Goldstein. That's true. That's yeah. Shout true. out to Marty Goldstein. Thanks for sending in a question. What's the, uh, wait a minute. How bad is the question? It's a good question. Okay. Very easy. He, he says, what are your guys' favorite wrestling belts of all time? So we can Championship do, belts? Yeah. Any, we can do any era, you know. Any promotion? Okay, I'll go, la- I'll go last. Well, okay. now we can call them belts now yeah. again. Yeah, not, I suppose the championships yeah. or titles. So. Do, you, do you want to go first? Yes, the show Mecca Shane. Well, I mean, mine will be the boring answer. I mean, clearly the best championship is the Winged Eagle WWF title. Yeah. I mean, without saying, come on. That's it's, like... It's, it's in the top five. I have a patent black leather uh, gold-plated, gold and silver-plated WWF championship in my office with my name on it on the side patch where it says WWF champion. I says WWF. I put Mecca underneath number eight. Nope. Guy in New Jersey made me this belt and it's like a beautiful picture on social media. It's heavy. It's really heavy. So that's my favorite because it just, you know what, when everything was much simpler when you were a kid and that's the title I remember. Yeah. That's the picture you're going to post on social media for us. It's it's right up there for me. Um, Do you want to go last? Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm st- I'm stuck honestly between You got to be a big gold guy, aren't you? No. Not at all. Really? I'm stuck between hardcore title. I forgot <laughs> about that one. I, I actually do like that one, but it, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it in like top 10 or anything. Um I'm stuck between the White Intercontinental Championship yeah. and the NWA Television Championship with the red cuz that's that missing N- title. That you, title is missing. Yeah, and that the red NWA Nobody Television Championship it's just so sharp. I think I'd go with that one. I'm going to tell you a story of how much of a mark I was as a kid. I also like the NWA United States Championship they had for a while. Well. Yeah, the one the Luger held. Yeah, exactly that one as well. So but, uh, so I'll go with the TV title from okay, NWA. So That's a good pick. I'm such a mark. October 1st, 1988, Tony Candelo runs the Brandon Keystone Center. He ran the arena on September 30th, the night before. And he brings in JCP, Flair and Luger, Flair and Sting, uh, Flair and Wyndham against Sting and Luger and Brandon was the main event. And because Tony didn't run guardrails, you'd run right up to the wrestler. You could punch him in the nuts if you wanted. But I, my thing, I was such a belt mark as a kid, I could touch their belt as it went by. And that night I touched the uh, TV title, I think it was held by Mike Rotundo. I touched the Western States title that was held by Zabisco. I touched the NWA USA, US tag team titles, yes. which was held by the Midnight's. Or yes, it might have been, yeah. Western States title, wow. But I couldn't get close enough to Flair to touch the big gold or to Wyndham, who I think had the U.S. But that's what I did. Jim Cornette was on that show. It's the only, one of his two trips to Manitoba. He managed Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton against the Fantastics. Bob, shout out to Bobby Fulton, a yeah. friend of the show. Um, so do you like the big gold? Is that what you're no, saying? No, 
I don't. Oh. I, I just told a story of how big of a mark I was. Can I just do a little sidebar I, I, before I, yeah. to, to build up the build up the anticipation for your answer? Yeah. I like that big gold belt, but I hated in WCW. It had that really floppy. At the end. Yeah. You know, it had that really floppy brown leather strap. Yeah. It was never black. It was never thicker. Now, here's something that fans out there can go watch. If you guys go back on the WWE Network and find Fall Brawl 1994... That was right before Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan did their retirement match at Halloween Havoc the following month. Ric Flair has a NWA gold belt, but it's, it's I don't know, it's like they made it for him, and it's like a smaller version. Yes. The yep. strap is black. It's more sturdy. That gold belt is is that awesome. the one he yeah. lost to Hogan? No, he, this belt was never worn to the ring. He had it in a backstage vignette when they were doing a face-to-face -face promo. Like Hogan was on one side, Flair was on the other side. Go back and find that footage. That belt for the big gold, that version of the big gold is beautiful. Wow. Super nice. So I do like the big gold, but it's not my favorite. I like that big gold. Uh, uh Selfishly, WFX tag team belts because I created them. I, I worked with the artist. Very nice. Super nice. Up with yeah. it. Uh, as a custom, that's one of the nicest belts ever. And I'll post a picture of that on social media. Where are those? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even worried about that. Jeff Dick left them in a storage locker in Las Vegas, went to jail, didn't pay the rent, and it went in a storage wars auction. I managed are you to. better about that? Yes, because the ring went, the belts went, and you know, look at this way. We know where the world, yes, heavyweight championship I have is. The, so that's good. Well, I don't have it, but I know exactly where the WFX one. Yeah, you'll see it in in the summer in the pool if right. we let people put it on and have a good time Poolside with it. Side B she's show maybe. Yeah, well, we could add, we should have done it last year. We're going to do it this year. I will say this about the tag belts and the the third belt, which was a no limits division belt. I had them in my hand and I sent him a text in Vegas because I was moving the stuff in from a storage locker in Winnipeg onto a truck. And I said, I should keep the belts. And he said, ah, ah, throw it on the truck, please. And I listened to him. I shouldn't have even said anything. I should have just said, I'm taking yep. these yep. and put them into my, my place and I would have them. So yep. I kicked myself, not him. Where's that no limits title? Is that it also? It went to. In the oh, which that was Because that was a red strap? Red strap oh. version of the WCW tag team belts. So nice. The ones that the... Um, the ones that were like uh, held by Arn and Tully. I do think. we have pictures of that title? Yep, oh, I do. Anyway, so, nice. so my favorite belt, and much like yours, was a throwback to when you were a, a fan as a child. Mine is the AWA World Title that Martell and Bockwinkel held. Nice. I love it. It's got a vintage look. It was custom made by inmates in the in Colorado jail in the Denver jail. Really? Yeah. And it's the one that Stan Hansen drove over, and it was never seen <laughs> since. And why? One yep. of the reasons why the Power Town belts were or the figures were so interesting to me as i think stan hansen wears that belt in this series if i'm not mistaken just don't touch his leg on the figure right yeah, yeah. well apparently they're coming out with a new version our friends at Powertown, they the leg was an issue there's they're reinforcing yes it. so it's going to be a little bit more longer before i get mine so that would be my favorite interesting there's I, a i wouldn't would have never guessed that for you why what would you've guessed i don't i th i think i probably would have guessed something wwe i don't know why or oh, WWF, no. WWF, I was, WWF, ne no, I was never, last uh, closing thoughts, I was never a WWF fan as a yeah. kid. I like Stampede 
when when WWF lost Saturday nights at six and we got Stampede, better show because it was it was talent established talent versus established talent. Rip Rogers, Jerry Morrow, Kerry Brown, Strangler Steve DeSalvo, uh, Chris Benoit, Beef Wellington, Owen Hart. Listen to us, just rattle off the roster, oh, right? That was so good. Yeah, it was. It was uh, Brian Pillman and Bruce Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, Bad, bad Company. company. It, it was good. Larry Cameron. Lethal Larry. Yeah, they had an incredible... And then when the Dynamite and Davey showed up, yep. it was really good. Um, but I always liked... I liked UWF when Candela ran those tapes and when we got Crockett through... From, it was Candela's greatest... Uh, Greatest thing he did for me as a fan was when he ran Bill Watts's TV and then he ran Jim Cornette's, uh, Jim Crockett's TV. It made Winnipeg wrestling that much better. Sundays at five, I remember. Yep. And that's another edition of the Mary Brown's Mailbag, and we're done for another week. Can you believe it? Yep. Can you believe an hour went by? Just went yep. by like a flash. Good, oh. sh- good show, boys. All right. Glad yeah. to be back. We'll be back, and Mecca Shane will not be gone for so long this time. No trips to Mexico for a while. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Eriks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter.
Vader told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? <laughs>